Center Church. I love what you're doing. I love what you're about. I love your pastor. And I am so thankful to be a part of this family. I love you very much. And for my time that I have been in the New Jersey district, this church, uh, your pastor has been a friend to me. I have much love and respect for him. And I'm so thankful for what he is doing. And I'm so thankful that, uh, and as I know you are, you have a great pastor. And uh, his family, I love them very much. And uh, if I can not be so concerned with preaching this morning um, as I am concerned with delivering uh, a word. Is that all right? In Deuteronomy chapter 10, Moses is is relaying a message. He is trying to reestablish hope and build faith. He is very adamant about reminding the children of Israel about who God is, what He has done for them, reminding them of how He has shown His power in their life. How he broke the change of bondage that they were in in Egypt. In Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, he, he talks about how we are to fear him. For he is thy praise. He is thy God that has done these great and these terrible things for us. It's the last verse of Deuteronomy chapter 10. He he reminds them that your fathers went into Egypt with three score and ten persons. In verse 22. And he says, And now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. He's, he's telling them, I want you to look at who you are. I, I want you to examine yourself right now. When everything that you've been through, every pain that you have endured, every problem that you have walked through and encountered, your fathers went into Egypt with three score and ten persons, but now, look at you. But now, look at you. You're numbered as the stars of heaven for multitude. What the enemy meant... To be your demise, the Lord brought it out for your good. What was brought into your life to tear you up and to break you down has made you stronger. For now, the Lord hath made you as the stars of heaven for multitude. See, it's so easy for us to be afraid of the dark. So that's what I want to talk to you about for the next few moments. Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the trying times in life? Are you afraid of the answers that you don't have when you have more questions? Are you afraid of the sadness that comes with loss and with pain and with misery? Are you, are you bound by those things that you can't explain or you don't understand when you don't have what it takes to get through? Are you afraid of the dark? You see, I was three years old when we we moved from South Arkansas, which is kind of like a barren wasteland. There's really not much. It's just flat. 
It's just there's no mountains. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of green. It's just a plain if you can say it is a it is just a country redneck haven south arkansas i'm so glad that your pastor was talking about having a diverse church but i didn't hear him say we want rednecks here either you got one right now get her done but i was three years old when we left el dorado to move to little rock and it was the first time living in a big city. And I'll never forget the first night that we spent at that new house. I can't explain what it was, but that immediate, overwhelming sensation of that unknowing came upon me. As I woke out of that dead sleep that night, three years old, never forget the first time being afraid of the dark. I don't know if it was the brown and tan cinder block house that we were living in. It was the fact that I was still just an, I guess you would consider a three-year-old an infant in, in some stages. But I didn't sleep in my parents' room anymore. I had my own room. My brother, my little brother, who was had just been born in August of that year, was was now, he was the one that was in the primary care of my parents' room. But I was the big brother now. I had my own room. I had my own bed. And... I'll never forget waking up in the middle of the night. And as soon as my eyes peered into that darkness, that overwhelming sensation of the unknown and fear of the dark rose. I wish that I could say that would be the only time that I was ever afraid of the dark in my life. I wish that I could tell you that immediately that fear was embraced and it was overcome. But that would be something that I would struggle with for a couple of years of my childhood. Sleeping with a nightlight. Always making sure that parents were within an earshot. Afraid to look out of the window at the dark. Never knowing what face what might appear or what was there. Because the fear of the unknown and the fear of the dark can be very overwhelming to some. I can say that when I was in third grade, I, I did my best to, to counter-react that fear. And... I was attending elementary school in Mayflower, Arkansas. And every day after school, I'd catch that bus and I'd go down uh, the road from the school. It was 90 Dam Road, Mayflower, Arkansas. And there it would say, you would see this big sign that said, Sue's Beauty Shop. And Sue was my grandmother. And I'd walk down the long gravel road and I'd walk to the back of her house where the, where the shop was. And I'd open up that screen door and I'd walk through that ungodly stench of aerosol hairspray and perm solution. And if you have never smelled perm solution, once you smell it, you will never forget it. It stinks like something fierce. It would bring the dead back to life if they could get a whiff of it. It was awful. But my grandmother, she'd be working on some lady's hair, teasing it up, spraying it down. I'd walk through that mist of uh, aerosol hairspray, and she'd dismiss herself from her client for the moment. She'd open that top right drawer. She would grab a key. She'd unopen a. She would unlock and open up an old-fashioned ice cold Coca-Cola machine. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what blessed life is. She'd pull out that bottle, glass bottle of Coca-Cola. 
She'd take me upstairs, sit me on the couch with cheese crackers, and turn on Nickelodeon television. I love going to Mamaw's house after school. Every day, ice cold Coca-Cola, perm solution, cheese crackers, and Nickelodeon. I love my Nickelodeon. Now, I lived in the country. We, we lived in between Mayflower and Conway where I would eventually grow up. And we lived out in the country. We weren't privileged to have cable television in my house. So being at Mamaw's house watching Nickelodeon, that was a blessing. That, that, was, that was Holy Ghost right there. That, that was goodness right there. I loved Nickelodeon. And I will never forget when Nickelodeon started trying to advertise to, we call them now, the tweens. The in-between age. 11, 12, you're 13. You're not quite a full-blown teenager, but you don't, you're not ready for that. You're still outgrown the elephant show. And David the gnome, you're, you know, you don't, you don't watch the kid television any longer and you, you're not really quite ready for adult or teen television. So we, they started appearing to a in-between age group. And that Saturday night, they were going to air something new. It was called Snick. It was Saturday night on Nick. And they called it Snick for short. And clever, huh? And they were going to have three brand new cartoons. Doug. Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. I was not going to miss Saturday night at Mamaw's house. That, that was sleep overnight. But it was not just Doug, Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. There was a fourth show. And this show had my attention from the get-go. It was simply titled, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Now this show was not a cartoon. But the show's premise was based around a group of young people going to the woods at midnight on a Saturday night. And they had the simple task of sitting around the campfire to see who could tell the scariest stories. Are you afraid of the dark would challenge me. And I would realize very quickly as they would begin to tell this story that I was still very much afraid of the dark. But as I've grown up, my fear of a dark room has subsided. Walking through the woods in the darkness after deer hunting and not having a flashlight and making my way back to the truck or going back to the deer camp does not bother me. Walking into my house in the middle of Little Rock, Arkansas, and the lights being off does not scare me. And waking up in the middle of the dark and not being able to see what is around me does not bother me. But darkness to me now has become something completely different. You see, darkness is not walking into a room where there's no lights. But darkness is walking in an area where I don't know where I am and I don't know where God is. When the path is not always paved with the silver lining. When I've got more questions than I have answers. When family members are dying and loss is there and money is not in the account and bills are due. When sickness is there and the doctor don't know what's going on. Darkness has changed. Darkness has become when we don't know how to pray and we can't feel God where we are. We don't know how to get through where we are going through. We don't know where our help's coming from. We don't know if we're going to make it out intact or not. We don't know if we're going to make it through the next week, the next month, or the next year. Darkness 
has become very much different to us. When we don't know if we can worship or pray or not. We don't know if we can sing to God in, in hope or in faith or not. When we have more fear than we have more faith. This is what darkness has become to us. And we are very much afraid of the dark. We can talk about how good God is, but when darkness steps in, we question everything there is to know about Him. Do I truly believe in Him? Do I truly believe His Word? Can I believe that He is steadfast, stable, and true, and unmovable? Because fear of the dark overwhelms us. It frightens us because we are not ready for the dark. The Bible tells us a lot about who He is. That God is good. He is faithful. He's with us in everything that He does. He never leaves us. He never forsakes. He is a strong tower. The righteous run in and therein they are saved. We know that He is faithful and He endures to all generations. We know that He is a great God, a wonderful God, a mighty God, a terrible God. And we believe that He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Scripture tells us that He is a marvelous God. He is a way maker. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hebrews declares that he just is. Before time was, he was. And when time shall be no more, he still shall be. He just is. I don't understand how, but I know that he is. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that he is. He is in everything. He is for us, not against us. And if God be for us, who should stand against us? But there's times we don't understand Him. There's times we cannot perceive Him. There may be times we don't know His ways because His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. He said, I don't do things in the way that you do things. He is not bound by our time. He is not bound by our schedule. He is God. He is everlasting to everlasting. He... we don't understand Him. And because we don't understand everything there is to understand about God, when darkness comes in our life, we are afraid. When we can't handle problems with our own abilities... When our physical substance is waxing dim and dim and dim and and down to nothing and we don't know what's going to happen, then we're wondering, God, where are you? When the doctor's report's not good, we're wondering, God, how are you going to work this out? Because they say it's not possible. Because we don't understand darkness. See, we know that when He gave the greater light the rule by day and the lesser light the rule by night, He said darkness can only last so long. Darkness doesn't last forever. We should know that even according to Scripture, that even in the darkest time, that a move of God is just right around the corner. The Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and and sang praises unto God. And immediately there came a great earthquake and it shook the foundations of the prison. And everyone's bands were loose. We should know that when darkness is imminent, when, when darkness is there, that a move of God is just as close. We know that His anger appeared but for a moment. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy, it comes 
in the morning. We, we should know that uh, when there's darkness that there is light just around the horizon because we are not stuck in a perpetual state of darkness. Uh, the lesser light may rule by the night, but the greater light rules by the day. And darkness can only last for so long. Eventually the sun has got to come out. Eventually we've got to have an opportunity for a new day. Eventually joy has got to overwhelm the sensation of pain. Eventually there's got to be a strengthening where we are weak. Eventually there's got to be a healing where there is sorrow. Eventually there's got to be a song where there is sadness. Eventually there's got to be a praise where there is brokenness. There has to be a move of God sometime. The darkness has to end. But we are still afraid of the dark. Here they are. They, they've just come through. They've come out of bondage of Egypt where they've been bound for 430 plus years. Their, their lives were not their own. They, they couldn't be who they wanted to be. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. They couldn't live up to their dreams or their potential. They lived according to the expectations of those that had the rule over them every day. The streets were paved with their blood and their sweat and their tears and their moanings and their groanings until God would send them a deliverer. And even then, they were having to be let go through a painful experience of loss. They get to the Red Sea and they begin to cry. They begin to complain. Have you delivered us out of Egypt just to have us die at the hands of the Egyptians here? And then he, Moses, would raise his staff and the waters of the Red Sea would part and they would walk through on dry ground where there was no way. God made a way and their minds were overshadowed in darkness. There had never been a darker time in Israel's history than Egypt. Their fathers were killed. Their brothers were killed. The mothers, the daughters, the children, they were beaten. They were afflicted. They were bruised. They were chastised. They were broken in every way possible, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And here they are. They're coming through this travesty. And Moses is having to stop them and say, Hey, we wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for God. Your fathers went into Egypt with three score and ten persons. But now look at you. After everything that you've done, have everything that you've been through, it just doesn't make sense. They beat you. They hurt you. They cursed you. They broke you. They killed you. But how is it that you're going to come through the darkest time of your life and you are greater than what you've ever been? It doesn't make sense. When they were killed, when they were slaughtered, when they were afflicted, they're coming out and they're in greater number. They're in greater power. They're in greater spirits. They're in greater abundance. It doesn't make sense. Oh, but it does. Because First Kings, the 8th chapter and the 12th verse, the Lord appeared to Solomon the night saying this. He said, For it is in the great and the thick darkness that your God dwells. You see, the reason we're afraid of the darkness is because we don't understand it. But when you're in the darkest season of your life, when you're in the most darkest and trying time of your life, God has not walked away from you and you have not walked away from Him. But you have literally walked into His living room. You have walked into His habitation because it is in the great and the thick darkness that He dwells. You may not understand it and you may not perceive it, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the rock 
there was no light, but there was God. There was no light, but even then, He created the earth that was without form and void. It wasn't until Genesis 1 and 3 when He said, let there be light, and there was light. And only when there became light could you see what He had made in the darkness. The foundation of His creation had already been established in the dark. The foundation of His glory had already been established when there was no light. He does not need light to do His work. So only until the light shone could you see that he had been doing something when there was no perception. He was doing something when nobody else was around. He was doing something when no one else had the ability to believe. He was doing something when there was confusion and there was chaos. He was doing something even though you didn't know his ways and you didn't know his thoughts. You didn't know what he was doing with your sickness. You didn't know what he was doing with your brokenness. You didn't know what he was doing in the trial of your faith but when he said let there be light then when revelation came in oh that's where you see we don't perceive when we are walking through the midst of his dwelling place because to us all we know of God is that God is light he is the way the truth and the life He is the light of the world and He is light of men. But how is it that God can be light and dwell in darkness? You see, we don't understand because we think we know. We think that in everything that there's always going to be the answer. In everything there's always going to be the showing up. In everything there's always going to be the showing out. In everything there's always going to be the glory. But we don't understand the darkness because we don't understand Him. We don't ever think there is. We think that we know. We don't really know because we can't even scratch the surface of His understanding and of His power and of His glory. How can God be light but yet still dwell in darkness? How can God be light and have His habitation where there is no perception of Him? I don't know. Why don't you ask Moses when he said, Lord, why don't you reveal to me Your glory? And the Lord said to him, He said, No man has seen me at any time and he has lived. He said, But I will reveal to you a part of me. And so he would pass by Moses and he would cover his eyes. You want to know what he did? He said, before you see me, you've got to go through the dark. He covered his eyes and put Moses in a place of darkness so that when he would uncover him, he would see where God was and where God had been. But he didn't know what was next. You see, when revelation comes in our life, we can look back and we can say, oh, that's where he was. Oh, that's what he's done. But you can't tell me about tomorrow. You can't tell me about next week. You can't tell me about next year. Next week you might get the worst report and everything in your life might fall apart. But today, when God brings revelation, you can know that when you were lonely then, God was there. His everlasting arms was upon you. He wasn't going to let you come short. He wasn't going to let you die then. There were a lot of things that could have happened but didn't happen because in the darkness he was saying this is where I live this is where I do my work this is where my glory is I don't need to be seen to be God I don't need to be exempt 
I don't need to be perceived to be who I am. I am that I am. I am what I need to be when I need to be it. And when I decide to be exalted, I will show up and I will bring revelation. But until then, I dwell in the great and the thick darkness. I feel the Holy Ghost. When you don't have an answer, I'm there. When you're still worried and crying yourself to sleep, I'm there. When you don't know how you're going to get through that, I'm there. Because I dwell in that stuff. I live in that. That's when I'm working things out from my... He said things all might work together for your good, but all things work together for His glory. Moses would say, show me your glory. And the only thing that he would see was where God had been and what God had done. But he didn't perceive what was coming next. He didn't see the next year. He he didn't see the the struggle of the next 30-something years of wandering in that wilderness place. But he did see where God had been in their trial. He did see where God had been in his questions. He did see where God was in the midst of his sojourning in that wilderness land. Wondering, God, why could I just, just abandon Egypt that way? What is the reason for my life like this? Why am I broken? Why am I hurt? Why are all of these things going wrong? What is there anything that you can do in my life? I'm a murderer. I'm running in fear. I've got a stuttering and a speech problem. I don't understand what you want to do with me. But if you want to kill me now, kill me now. But only until God will reveal Himself, He would say, oh, that's where you were. If you don't believe that God can be light and dwell in darkness, then how else could Moses ascend into the mountaintop that was covered with thickness and dark clouds and lightnings and thundering and it was covered in darkness. The people didn't want to go up there because they said that's a scary place. That's not a good place. But then Moses would come down and ascend out of the darkness, descend out of the darkness, descend out of the cloud and his face would shine with the light of God's glory. So how can God be light and dwell in darkness? Because it's very simple that there are times where God will not receive, reveal Himself where He is in connection to where you are. But you must believe that He is faithful. You must understand that He will never leave you nor forsake you. You understand that God is ever present. He is an all-time God. He doesn't walk away from what He loves. He doesn't abandon you in the worst time. You might not perceive Him, but He is there. And He might just be working something out for your good. He might just making a way for you that you don't understand yet. You prayed for God. God to bless you with a better job but you didn't realize that you had to lose the one that you are in for him to make a pathway you wanted freedom from bondage you wanted freedom from Egypt some things might have to die before you get out see we don't perceive him because we don't understand his ways we don't understand how he is because he is light he dwells in darkness but the Bible says it is in the great and the thick darkness that he dwells Just because you cannot see Him. Just because you cannot perceive Him in a physical sense. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the waters of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon Because just because you cannot see 
does it mean that you won't be able to feel? He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I cannot see, I know that thou art with me. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There there is a feeling that I have when I cannot when I cannot perceive my direction, there is a feeling that comes. There is something that comes upon that because even though you might not see what He is doing, there is no reason you, you will not be able to feel because even though there was darkness, there was still intercession. There was still a touch when there was no perceiving. There was still a touch when there was no understanding. There was still a touch when there was nothing but chaos and confusion and no light. God was touching what He made. God was moving upon what He made. Would you believe that it was through darkness that God would bring them through liberty from Egypt? Ten plagues couldn't do it. But in the middle of the darkness... At midnight, when the angel would pass over Egypt, liberty would be given. The way comes through the darkness. You could talk about six hours on a, on a, whether, whether you believe it was a Friday evening or even a, a Wednesday evening, whether or not you believe per, crucifixion was on a Thursday. Six hours upon a cross, and when the Bible has declared that he, with his own words, said, it is, finish and through his own mouth and declaration when he gave up the ghost the earth went dark the earth went dark but the veil was rent freedom was established healing was made available grace was made accessible mercy came running to the lost and to the broken and it was through the darkness that God brought deliverance So the worst emotional time, physical time, of even in Jesus' ministry, darkness would have its place. Because it is in the great and the thick darkness that He dwells. So here they are. They've come through the darkness. And now Moses is saying, Look at you. You didn't perceive what was going on. But you came out of the situation blessed when you were broken. Richer when you were poor. With hope where you had none. With dreams and a promise ahead of you when you had no dreams and no promise of another day behind you. I want you to understand what you just come out of. When everything could have fallen apart, but it didn't. When you thought everything was working against you, but now look. Now look. You've got no reason to be afraid of the dark. So everybody just close your eyes for the next few moments. You see, with your eyes closed, you can't perceive. You can't perceive your surroundings. But in your own mind, you know what's going on in your life. You know what you're struggling with. You know what you're dealing with. You know the burdens that you carry. 
You know the hurt that is upon your shoulder. You see, He knows what is in the dark and the secret things, for the light dwells in Him. The Bible says that the darkness and the light are the same to Him. Whether He reveals Himself in the middle of your situation or He brings light out tomorrow, it's not going to change the fact that He's God. And He still sees it the same way. But you understand where you are right now. You know what you're going through. You you know what you're facing in your life. You know what your family's facing or your marriage is facing. You you know what's broken inside you. You know what you're struggling with. You know what's got your arms and your hands bound. You, you know what's got your faith bound. You know why you can't praise God. You, you know you feel like your condemnation is greater than you can find your ability to get free from it. You keep looking at yourself and you say, I don't deserve this and I can't get through this. How, how can God make a, something out of my mess that I've made? How can God make something new and great out of my broken life? Out of the decisions that i made and the addictions that I've had and the problems that I create and I'm born out of wedlock and I'm raised out of a broken marriage and I'm going through the same things and I don't deserve goodness and I don't deserve mercy and I just wish at times that I would just die because that's darkness and it's painful. I know with your eyes closed you can't perceive what's around you. I know you don't know what's going on around you but can you Feel Him. Can you feel Him moving upon your heart saying, I'm with you and I love you. I'm here to save you. Put your trust in me and not to your own understanding and I will I will direct your path. Uh, why don't you just cast all of your cares upon Him right now because He cares for you. Uh, I know that you can't see right now. Uh, I know that you can't perceive right now everything that's around you, but if you can feel the arms of the Lord wrapping around your heart, wrapping around your thinking, uh, wrapping around your spirit, saying, I'm going to save you. I'm going to bring you through this. Uh, you don't have to wander through this, very, this desert alone. Uh, I'm going to bring you through. Uh, and when I bring bring you through, you're going to come out blessed uh, because I know the plans that I have for you, uh, that it would come to an expected end. Uh, my thoughts towards you are good and not of evil. Uh, I've got a purpose for you. Uh, and you don't know what I'm doing in the darkness, but that's where I live. Uh, you just walk into my house uh, and I'm getting ready to bless you. Uh, I'm getting ready to heal. Uh, I'm getting ready to put some things back together that you didn't think was possible. Uh, I know you cannot see right now, but can you feel... Why don't you begin to open up your heart and your mouth to Him right now? Come on, why don't you feel after Him? Because the only way that you can get through a dark room without any light is you got to start feeling your way around. you got to start feeling around what's in front of you. God, if you're here, I need to feel that. God, if you're here, oh God, I'm, I just need a touch right now. Why don't you just begin to feel? You might be stumbling in some areas, but the hand of the Lord is reaching. Come unto me who are weary and heavy laden, He said, and take my yoke upon you. Come and learn of me. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Why don't you just begin to talk to Him right now? Why don't you begin to reach out to Him right now? You don't have to be afraid of the dark. He's got it under control. You don't have to be afraid of what you cannot control. It's in His plan. It's in His path. It's in His hands. Deuteronomy says, Thy eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are His everlasting arms. Uh, you ain't ever going to get out of His grip. Uh, you ain't ever going to fall out of His, way, His hand. Uh, he's got everything under control. Yeah. 
Don't be afraid because people are walking away. Don't be afraid because you can't fix your life. Don't be afraid because you can't change the way things are going. God lives in the darkness. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. It doesn't come through your perception. It comes through believing in Him. For we walk by faith, not by sight. What you see has no bearing on what God is able to do. He dwells in the great and the thick darkness. What you even seek that cannot be done does not limit God of what His power is able to do. He dwells in the thick darkness. What the enemy meant for your destruction, the Lord turned it around for your good. There were some people that didn't even make it out of the things that you walked through. And you're still here! Because God is faithful. And He would not suffer your foot to be moved. He said, Behold the Lord which keeps Israel. He keeps you. Some people didn't make it through less. So look at where you are. Making it through the darkness. I know you can't see. But can you feel Him moving right now? Can you feel Him moving in your midst? I said, why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord right now? Come on, why don't you stand to our feet? If you're needing answers in your life today, if you're needing deliverance in your own heart today, if you're struggling trying to find your way through, come on, why don't, why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands to the Lord? Why don't you cry out to Him right now? Come on, don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid of being weak for a moment. Let God work in that situation. Don't be afraid of being broken for a season. Let God work in that situation. Don't be afraid of your loneliness. Don't be afraid of that time when you don't have the answer. God is working it out for His good. God's working it out for His glory. He's got a plan for you. He's got a work for you. As they begin to... Come on, that's it. Let that cry come out. These altars are open if you need. If you're just trying to find your way through darkness. If you're just trying to stumble and get out of this season. God, where you are you? God, what are you doing with my life? God, what is happening? I, I, I can't control this fear. But I know that there is no fear in love. But your love casts out all fear. Oh God, help me. Save me. Help me, Jesus. Deliver me, Jesus. 
bring deliverance through this darkness. They that call upon the name of the Lord, He said, they shall be saved. Oh, bless. Come on, these altars are open. If you're afraid of what's going on in your life right now, and you've got more questions than you have answers, if you're carrying burdens that you cannot carry any longer, this altar calls for you. Come on, God is working in the darkness. Come on, if there's a home situation and there's brokenness, uh, God is working right now. If there is pain in your life uh, that you are carrying and you're tired of carrying, uh, God has got healing in the house for you to right now. Don't be afraid of the dark.